Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. If I wanted to learn how to be a stylist, I would go start assisting as a stylist. Now, I interned because I had no information and internship because I was working for free was the easiest way to get access to people at a very high level in exchange for my labor. If I was trying to get a job as an assistant in that environment, it would have taken much longer. It would have been a whole process. I would have had to interview. You also would have to work with someone who was big enough that they could even afford to have an assistant. Like it was a whole thing. So it was really strategic in my choice to want to intern because it just set me up for success in a bunch of different ways. So if you aren't yet pursuing the goal, if you don't have a ton of you know, you don't have your 10,000 hours, you don't have your experience yet, get experience in exchange for your time. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for being here, being part of this community. I'm grateful to have you on board and I'm excited about today's topic because I have a hunch that this episode is going to be for a bunch of you in a really specific way. I don't even have a hunch, actually. I have like a group litmus test or a group experiment or some kind of group feedback that I've gotten over the last six months of being on podcast tour. By the time you hear this episode, the podcast tour is done. We've wrapped it up. I hope you got to come hang out. If you didn't, We'll get you on the flip side. We'll get you next year. We'll get you at another point. But one of the really cool things about Podcast Tour was that at the end of every single conversation, I did a live Q&A with the audience. And it's pretty interesting because in almost every single city, I got a different version of the same question. Now, if you're in the audience at those cities, you have no way of knowing that The team and I, we've heard this question for the last 10 cities that we went to. And when it kept happening again and again, I mean, the great thing was I had an answer ready to go. But then the other great thing was I thought, okay, this is clearly something that so many members of this community are wondering about or struggling with or trying to find a way through. 
And since I kept getting the question over and over, I thought, let's blast it out. Let's go in a bigger way. Let's do a full podcast episode about it so that you can get this conversation wherever you are, even if you didn't get to have it in person with me on tour. I guess let's start out. I'd love to give you some examples of the question that I got again and again. I'm a career woman. I'm, I'm the bread maker for my family. Um, it's ending in October, but I can kind of keep it going. I really want to do my own thing. I really want to open a podcast, open my own consulting firm. And it's really hard because I carry the weight of my family on my back. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm sucked into the money. And I'm just wondering, um, what's a mindset hack that I can say money will come if I follow my heart? Not so much afraid. Okay. Um, I just keep thinking the timing's not right. Mm -hmm. But I would love to be a life coach. Great. That is my dream. Okay. Um, and you inspire me. Thank you. You inspire me too. So you guys can hear it, right? Even though they're in different industries, even though they're in different parts of the country, even though they're different ages, different backgrounds, they're both struggling with the same thing, which is wanting to pursue something new, but not being financially able to just cut ties with their current career, or their current job in order to go do the thing. Said another way, and in proper marketing for today's title, how to pursue your daydream without quitting your day job. That's what we're going to talk about today. And this is not just theory. This is not me Googling ideas or reading books and then telling you what I've learned. This is something I have done not once, but multiple times in my career over the last 20 years. So I have some really good insight into how you can pursue something new and how that could just live and be its own thing, or how you could turn that thing into your full-time career, into your business, into having a job that is your passion and vice versa. That's what we're going to dig into today. I'd love to also establish something I'm sure I've shared with you guys on the show before, which is I have some pretty hardcore beliefs about whether or not you should quit your job. Now, I do believe that when we pursue something big and we have the opportunity to go all in, like go super ham, all our energy, all our focus, that is when you can see exponential results and you can see them relatively quickly. But very few people have the ability to do that. In fact, just let me take a sidestep on my sidestep and say, for those of you who are, let's say in your 20s, or maybe you're older, but you don't have the responsibility of a partner yet, you don't have the responsibility of children that you need to support or parents that you need to take care of, if you are in a position in your life where you have the freedom to experiment with your life, you have such a freaking massive opportunity that most people will waste. I said it. Most people will waste that opportunity because of societal pressure to be like everybody else. Societal pressure for you to find a partner, then get married, then have kids, then buy the house, then settle down, then do the thing, live life just like everybody else. That pressure is so intense that many people will waste a time period where they can experiment with their life. When you're faced with choices, some choices like, should I have a kid? That's a forever decision. That's the kind of decision that if you make that choice, you don't get to take it back. Now, there are other types of choices in life that we're presented with a lot in our, let's say, early 20s or in our less tied down, less responsible for other human seasons. And those choices are, should I take this job? Should I move to a different state? Should I try and find something I can do while living on the road? Should I travel? Should I this? Should I that? Those kinds of questions, those kinds of decisions where the result will not permanently change your life 
you should always say yes to. You should always try. We get so, I don't know, twisted in this mire of, OMG, I have to make the exact right choice for my life at this exact moment or everything's going to fall apart. No, it's not true. You know how many times in my life I have tried something, I thought, oh, that's the right path, and then I walk down that path and I'm like, no, this is not, nope, not for me, those are not my people, this is not my community, I'm terrible at that thing, or I actually hate doing that thing, I want no part of it. That has happened to me so many freaking times in my life, and it's only wisdom and age that will teach you that you are not supposed to have it all figured out. That's what those time periods are for. If you have a decision to make or you're curious about doing something or you want to pursue something and pursuing it is not a permanent decision, freaking do it. Do the thing. Because chances are you will get to a period of your life where you don't have the freedom to choose something like that. So you may as well take advantage of it when you do. So that's my like rah-rah speech to those of you who can quit your job because you're 23 years old and you want to go, you know, be a teacher in another country or volunteer with the Peace Corps or start your own business and you can live with three roommates, you can get that rent really low, you can live off almost nothing while you go all in on the passion project. Now is the time because the alternative is it doesn't work and you just go get the job that you currently have. It's not going to make or break you. That being said, there are many people listening to this who want to pursue a goal or a dream for their life and they do have responsibilities. They have family members who are counting on them. They have an existing life. They can't pack up and just like quit it all. They have a career that they've worked really hard for. They've got bills to pay. That's really what today's episode is built around. You can certainly get something out of it if you want to go slower, if you're not the full jump in to the deep end, learn how to swim once you get there kind of person. But I just want you to know that this is created for anybody who has people counting on you and you have bills and you have a life and you can't just throw deuces and roll out. All of that to say, I am creating today's episode from the perspective of a child who had extreme financial scarcity is a nice way to say it. I grew up in an environment that had extreme uncertainty when it came to finances, when it came to food, when it came to how we were going to pay bills. I heard a lot of fights. I watched a lot of fights and a lot of arguments in my home around finances. So I had a lot of fear around that. And I feel like something that contributed to it was a parent who was constantly trying new stuff, was constantly like doing this MLM and starting this business and doing this side hustle. And every time they would go fully all in without a lot of thought to the financial ramifications of that choice. And it was almost like a running sort of joke, like, oh, what's this year's project? And I think I just saw a lot of negative side effects of that. So there are many, many people, many podcast hosts or authors or teachers that you could go to that would tell you, screw it, go all the way, like do it, quit your job, do the thing. I'm never going to be that person because I know what it feels like to have a parent do that. If you have a child or maybe an aging parent that is counting on you financially and you make a decision like that, it can be wildly detrimental and it can also really negatively impact the project that you're working on. This is the other thing that people don't think about is that 
if you jump all in and you quit your good paying job to pursue this dream and it all goes to hell in a handbasket and you have no money, energetically, the fear and the negative energy that are surrounding this creative project that you're pursuing is the wrong vibration to bring to what you're trying to do. So you're setting yourself up in a way that really limits your chances of success because energetically, it's just fear that's driving every decision that you make. In fact, maybe some of you right now are having like the aha moment, thinking of the business you started 10 years ago or the venture that you jumped into and it didn't work. And you're like, oh yeah, because I was terrified of getting it wrong. So every choice I made was one of fear. You will never make a good decision that is fear-based unless you're being chased by a tiger. The decision you make when you're being chased by a tiger is, you know, run, right? You're going to do everything you can to live. But put that on a new business venture or a new career that you want to move into. You make decisions out of fear. You will not do what is best for the business. You will do whatever you can to make money. That's also a dangerous and slippery slope that people who haven't had successful businesses or who aren't entrepreneurs maybe don't understand is that making extra money and building a new career or building a new business are two completely different things. If you pursue your new career, your new dream, your new business, but your attitude around it is I want to make extra cash, you won't ever build that in a way that's sustainable, that's going to grow, that's going to flourish, that can become something that you're really proud of because you'll inadvertently just chase the money and the money can come to you in a bunch of ways that are tangential to the business you're trying to have but not actually be the goal. I'm going too deep already. Let's, let's calm down. I'm very excited about this topic and let's jump in. But bearing in mind that I'm your friend, Rach, you heard about my childhood, and so I am going to tell you how to pursue the goal of your heart without quitting your current job, and it is going to be grounded in financial intelligence. It's grounded in how do you do this in a way that is responsible. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash hosting. Guys, 
No two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously, you can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. The first overarching answer that I want to give to everyone considering this is the same answer that I gave to every single woman that I spoke with on tour who asked me this question. This should not be all or nothing. This should be how do I pursue this thing while also having my existing job? The question that I kept getting in one way or another were women going, I want to do it, but I can't because I have a job. And y'all, if I believed that, you would have never read a single book that I wrote. You would not be listening to this podcast. Every single thing I have in my career today, the success that I experience and the life that I create for my family is based on side hustle that became my real full-time pursuit. So that's what I'm bringing to today's conversation is like, I know at least how I did it. I'm certain that other people could tell you different things, but I know how to do this specific thing. And it looks like you pursue both at once. So your first nugget to hold on to is that these are parallel paths. This is something you could do two things at once, headed in the same direction. And the direction that you're headed is the direction of your dreams, right? It's toward the finish line that you see in your heart of where you want to go. And By the way, if you're not sure what that looks like, go listen to episode zero. Oh, yeah, we got a zero episode. Go listen to episode zero of the Start Today podcast. I hope you guys are all on that tip. I hope you are part of the Start Today podcast community. We just launched a couple of weeks ago. It is a podcast created for people who are doing things. We say it's for dreamers and doers, people who are trying to run that marathon. They're trying to build the business. They're trying to get their health in check. But every single episode is based around that pursuit. But episode zero is a guided visualization meditation hosted by me where you can turn it on, close your eyes, and follow my prompts to help you figure out what it is that you want to head in the direction of. Maybe you've got like a rough idea. You just got like a general like, I'm going to head that way, but you don't really know how to get more granular and break it down. Go listen to episode zero of the Start Today podcast and please subscribe because it really helps us when you do. But anyway, back to this. Understand that these are parallel paths. You can pursue the side hustle and the current job at the same time. That is how I built everything I have built. Even now, as I push into new arenas, into new areas, as I work on bigger and bigger projects, those are things that I do outside of my regular business hours. I host two podcasts now. (laughs) I write all the emails, like I lead the team, I'm doing the thing. It takes a lot of effort to put out content at this level. And if I want to also pursue new things, well, that has to come outside of the regular programming. And I'm a mama of four, and I refuse to let my dreams 
cut into our regular schedule. So like, no way I'm going to pursue that thing that I want to do while I'm getting them ready for school in the morning or at dinner time at night. You know, when the kids are in school, it's a pretty finite amount of time that we spend with them every day. And I want to be there and I want to go through our routine just like we always do. But for as long as I've been a mama and as long as I've been pursuing these things, I have found pockets of time before they woke up or after they went to sleep or on the weekends or whatever it was so that I could pursue these things while also working my regular job while also showing up for them the way that I want to. So let me tell you about my first piece of advice slash the first time that I started to pursue two things at one time. I was working as an executive assistant in the entertainment industry here in LA. Then I moved to my next gig, which was at an advertising agency. I was a coordinator there and I could have worked my way up in corporate. And I really don't even know, honestly, what compelled me to think that I could start my own business. Because the internet it wasn't, we didn't go on the internet. We didn't scroll social media. You didn't go get a bunch of information or visuals or, you know, reels of people who are like, I'm an entrepreneur and I get to live in a sprinter van on the road and like work and do this work on the side. Like there was nothing like that. So I actually have no idea why on earth I thought that I could, maybe just because I was dumb. There's a beauty in being ignorant and thinking, I I could probably do that. But I had been in a really stressful environment for the entirety of my career up until that point. And I worked a million hours a week and I got paid $12 an hour. I for sure got a little bit more money when I became a coordinator, but I didn't make a lot of money. There's like a quote of, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting the movie or the song or it might be a song where she's just like, I can do bad all by myself. She's just like, I don't, I'm doing bad with you. I can do bad by myself. And that's how I felt about the company that I worked for. I was just like, well, I'm barely scraping by. I could probably do that by myself. So I had this idea in my head that I could maybe start my own business. And it just so happened that I got married that year. And I think like a lot of women who loved planning their wedding, I immediately was like, I want to be a wedding planner. This is so fun. This is so beautiful. I love this. Like, I want to do this all the time. And I thought I could definitely figure out how to be a wedding planner. I lived in Los Angeles, which was like the wedding capital of the world. I figured I could maneuver. But at the time, I was a coordinator and I remember I made... $38,000 a year. And I had just gotten married and we had bought a condo together. We both didn't make a lot of money. And like, you know, you got to freaking pull your resources to do the thing. And so I didn't have, I know that the internet loves to say that, you know, I built my business because I was married to a wealthy person. But, uh, oh, my gosh, it took so many years to get to the place where either of us had money. And that was something that we did in tandem. But I digress. So I didn't have the opportunity to just, like, bounce and not have a paycheck anymore. And I think if I could go back in time and give her advice, I would give her the advice I gave at the top of this episode. In fact, I would tell this to my kids. I would say, like, you guys shouldn't be buying a townhouse. It ended up, you know, like, great. Okay, we learned how to, like, invest in something and, like, whatever. It was very much the American dream. This is what you do. You get married. You buy real estate. You you know, and we bought this little place and we fixed it. It was like cute and we had fun and it was a thing. But if I could go back in time, I'd be like, oh no, don't do that to yourself. Don't bog yourself down financially if you don't have to, because then you will make decisions for yourself and your future based on your bills. And when it, whenever possible, free yourself from that choice. 
I mean, I guess I'm saying this as someone who's 40 and who just really thinks that the goal for everyone should be as much freedom as possible. But yeah, I would have told my younger self that like, oh, hey, you guys don't don't do this thing. Invest in yourself. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach. Thrivemarket.com slash rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So we had this townhouse. We need to pay rent. We need to we need to pay our mortgage. We need both of our salaries in order to do this. So I couldn't go anywhere. I knew I wanted to be a wedding planner. And I just kind of made up how to pursue that. Because again, today it would be so easy to find the information for how to be almost anything. But back then, it didn't exist. So I just thought, okay, I don't know how to do this job. How have I learned how to do jobs before? Now, my previous jobs had been, you know, the coordinator, the assistant. Before that, I worked at the substation downtown making sandwiches. And in every instance, I realized that I had learned by doing. Still to this day, it's the best way for me to learn is by doing things. And I bet a bunch of you are nodding your head right now, right? Like, yep, that's me. Like I learned on the job. I learned customer service when I was working at Starbucks. I learned this when I was doing that. You will never, ever convince me that we can acquire that hands-on knowledge entirely like in a classroom. Yes, you need to go to school. If you're going to do surgery on me, I need you to have gone to school and gotten your degree. But most things in life, medical notwithstanding, I really think it's best when we learn on the job. So I realized that has been my path. And not only has that been my path, but when I wanted to get a job at Miramax, I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. And at the time, there was no bigger production company you could work for than Miramax Films and slash I was in love with Matt Damon and that's where they made Goodwill Hunting and I thought that if I worked at Miramax Matt Damon would come in and be like there she is will you marry me and I'd be like yes it was my whole plan in order to get that job I had interned I had become an intern at Miramax and then eventually got hired as an assistant and it worked really well for me I loved interning even though I got paid, I think the internship at Miramax, was, which was for sure illegal, was $10 a day. That was like your stipend. You got $10 a day, and I had to work a couple extra jobs 
in order to intern. I was like going to school, working an assistant at this really weird casting director, like who for sure was shady. I was babysitting. I was just like doing, I was hustling in order to have this internship that paid me $10 a day. But I was betting on the fact that I would get hired. And it was terrifying and awesome. And when you're an intern, they sort of just let you do everything and anything. The assistants are overworked, so they put all of it on the interns. You run errands, you get coffees, you make copies. It's a thankless job. I did crazy stuff. I went grocery shopping for people, picked up dry clothes. I just did literally anything anybody asked me to. And after doing that for nine months, they were like, hey, we love you. The team here loves you. We have a few different openings for assistant positions. You want to interview for them? And y'all, this was the job. Everybody else that I worked with got that job after getting a four-year degree and paying, you know, God knows how much money in student loans in order to get the job that I was being hired for. And we all made the same amount because that company was horrendous. They did not pay anything. We all made the exact same salary. I made the exact same salary as people who were way older, who had gotten their degree. And it was literally because they were like, well, you are a hard worker and you know, you've been trained in our ways. You know exactly how to do this. So that was awesome. I was looking at my career when I wanted to be a wedding planner. I'm like, man, that has been always how I've learned. How could I work as a wedding planner? Could I intern as a wedding planner? And I just started to do research. I Googled like wedding planners in my area, wedding planners in Los Angeles. And this is a key thing is that I did a ton of research to find the kind of events that I would want to pursue. It's not enough to just, you wanna be a photographer, so you're gonna go work with a photographer. Because someone who shoots a wedding is very different than someone who shoots portraiture or family photography. It's not enough to go intern working at a Supercuts, no shade to Supercuts, if your dream is to learn how to do extensions at a fancy salon in Brooklyn. They're completely different paths. So in order to pursue an apprenticeship anywhere, you got to make sure you're choosing the right kind of environment to get yourself inside of. So I did the research. I found this woman who lived sort of in my area who had the kind of company like it seemed like that's what I would want to do. I was so scared because now we could DM people or you could email or whatever. But again, back then I had to call, which I hated. So I kept calling and finally got a hold of this person. I just said, hey, I would love to intern for you. And she was like, great. I do this all the time. She already had a system. Here's what it is. She basically would just tell this group of interns who worked with her that these are the weekends that I have weddings. If you want to come work and learn the business, this is what you're going to do. And I was so freaking pumped because now I got the opportunity to learn on the job. I got the opportunity to see how things flowed. I got the opportunity. I didn't get this at the time, y'all. But the best part about interning with her was that I met all the vendors. In that particular role, you want to know who's best. Not only do you want to know who's best, you want to know who's dependable, who's responsible, who's a good person, who's going to take care of your clients the way that you want them to. So I got this incredible education in an industry that I had no idea how to get inside of. And what did it cost? Me working weekends for free. I want to address this because I have seen so much information on the internet, on social media over the last like five years especially about how internships are BS and how they take advantage of people and how they're awful. And I am positive that that absolutely exists. But the idea of an internship or an apprenticeship is that I am giving you free labor and you are giving me an education that I wouldn't otherwise get. By being in that environment, I am jumping the line. I'm getting, 
you know, five years of information in six months. If you go into an internship and either side of the equation doesn't see the mutual exchange that's involved there, that's where you get into issue. That's where you have people that are literally just using their interns as labor and not giving them anything in return. But I was a sponge, y'all. I soaked up everything. I kept every timeline that I was given on the weekends. I kept everything that I was given so that I could study it, so that I could learn. I was just gleaning, gleaning, gleaning like all the info. What that looked like for me was I worked Monday to Friday, typical, you know, eight to five or eight to six or whatever it was at my day job. And then I was pursuing a career that I could do on the weekends. And yes, that meant that there were some weeks where I worked six days or seven days a week, but I was like 22 years old and, you know, I had a husband, but like, what, what else, what was I going to go play Nintendo? Like what on the weekends I was like watching reruns of friends. Like I didn't have a lot going on. So it was a time period where I could definitely commit that level of time. Now, again, You might not be in a place where you could commit your whole weekend to the pursuit of this goal, but you have pockets. You have pockets of time that you can pursue it. It starts with just understanding that this is even an option for you. If I wanted to learn how to own a coffee shop, I'd go get a job at a coffee shop. If I wanted to learn how to be a stylist, I would go start assisting as a stylist. Now, I interned. Because I had no information, an internship, because I was working for free, was the easiest way to get access to people at a very high level in exchange for my labor. If I was trying to get a job as an assistant in that environment, it would have taken much longer. It would have been a whole process. I would have had to interview. You also would have to work with someone who was big enough that they could even afford to have an assistant. Like It was a whole thing. So it was really strategic in my choice to want to intern because it just set me up for success in a bunch of different ways. So if you aren't yet pursuing the goal, if you don't have a ton of, you know, you don't have your 10,000 hours, you don't have your experience yet, get experience in exchange for your time. Okay, so step one for me was the apprenticeship and the internship. This cost me nothing but time. The second step in my turning my daydream into my day job, in turning my side hustle into my full-time career, is turning the internship into a side hustle, the internship into a part-time pursuit. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what went down. I had been interning for, oh gosh, I don't know, six months, nine months, a year, something like that. It had been a while. Mind you, I had planned my own wedding. Also, I had been an executive assistant. I had been a coordinator in industries where I constantly had to plan events on the corporate level. I had to do things for my bosses. I was very familiar with how to throw an event for someone. I wanted to learn from a wedding planner because that was the road that I wanted to go into. And also, I knew in Los Angeles, I don't know how it is today, but back then, I could book wedding clients by falling off a rock. Like it was so easy to find potential clients who were looking for wedding planners if I knew how to do that. I had been working for this woman for a while and I said, hey, can I take you to coffee? I'd love to pick your brain. And at this point, I can't even imagine how many hours I had worked for her for free. And by the way, everybody did. Like all of us women worked for her for free. And I took her to coffee and I was just asking her a bunch of questions like, how do you do a timeline? How do you pitch someone? How? And I'm thinking this is a totally fair exchange. First of all, I bought you coffee. You agreed to let me pick your brain. And I've been working for you for free for a year. And I think like 30 minutes into me asking all these questions, she gets a really funny look on her face and she's like, oh, do you think that you can have your own wedding planning company? Do you think that you are capable of being a wedding planner? (laughs) She was 
so rude. And I was like gutted, you guys. I, it hurt my feelings so bad. And I was like, well, yeah, that's why I told you. Like, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm interning for you. I want to take my corporate event planning knowledge and translate that into wedding planning. She was like, oh, I mean, you have years. Like, you are so not prepared. You don't know what you're doing. Like, you are not ready that you, uh, it's going to take a while. Like you're going to have to intern with me for a lot longer before you're ready. And I'm such a good girl. I'm such a people player. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. Like I'm devastated by what she's just said. We finish our coffee. I'm driving home and I'm like, wait, a, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, and I like completely flip it. I'm like, no, no, I'm not some random person off the street. I have this knowledge. I freaking know in my gut that I can do this. I've worked the Oscars after party for Miramax Films. I freaking promise you, you ain't seen nothing till you've seen that party. Like, I know how to do some things. I have this trust in myself. And I just kept thinking, no, this is wrong. And I disagree with what she's saying. And thank God I had that intuition because I was like, oh, yeah, because if I start pursuing my own thing, for sure, that seems like competition to her. I was not competition to her. I don't believe in competition because I think you just do your own thing. And if you do really good work, you will continue to have clients. You will continue to expand and grow and evolve. So I was just like, no. She wants me to keep working for free. She doesn't want any competition. And she's going to use intimidation to try and convince me that I shouldn't do it. And this random woman doesn't get to be the decider of my fate. So I ignore her. And honestly, it was great because it lit such a fire under my butt that I decide I'm officially starting to work part time as a wedding planner. And the first thing I did was build a website and I hired someone to help me. And I had, you guys have probably heard me tell the story like a million times before, but I staged like beautiful tablescapes and so I could show my design and I would like do all this stuff. And I kept interning and I started interning with other people that I'd met. I interned with other florists or other planners. And then I said, I want to help you plan this. I'm going to continue to give you my time for free, but I need photos. That was why I was working. I needed photographic evidence that I knew what I was doing. So I put all these things together. I had a beautiful website. Then I just waited for anyone to hire me. And of course, nobody did. <laughs> and then I just started hustling. That's what you do. I sent out an email to everyone I had ever known in my life and said, this is what I do. Here's my website. You can check it out here. And I really believe for me that why things started to move forward was that my website was beautiful in a time period where people really didn't have websites yet. I just instinctively knew that that was something that I would need. And so it was online. So when I sent out that email to everybody, here's this place that you can go. And they had visuals, they had testimonials, they had evidence that I knew what I was doing, at least to some degree. And from that initial email blast, y'all, I got one job, one job. A friend of a friend of a friend was hosting a engagement party. That's what it was. It was an engagement party. And it was an executive at a really big production house in the entertainment industry. And the friend of a friend of a friend was like trying to hook me up. And they were like, we have this budget to throw this party. And here's everything that we need to cover this party we already have a space. Here's what it is. If you want to do it, you can do it. And I took their budget and I took all of the money that I would make on this endeavor and I invested that money into the decor of this event because I was like, Eminem, like this is your one shot. Like pretend this is the last job you will ever get. I cannot tell you how many times in my career I have had that mindset and having that mindset about what I was doing was what 
got me to the next level because there was someone at that engagement party who was like, this is really cool. I love what you did with the decor. I can't believe you did this for the budget we gave you. And I never told anybody that I had invested my fee in order to make it look cooler. And I got the next job from that event. And then I got the next job and they were few and far between. They were not enough by any stretch of the imagination to leave the career that I was at. But it was, you know, $500 here, $300 there. Eventually I would work my way. Oh, I got $750. Like it was extra money that helped me financially or paid. Okay, now I get to pay for business cards. Or now I, you know, I would invest everything back into the business. But that's how I turned the apprenticeship into the side hustle. That also is a really big leap. It's a big leap in terms of time, it's a big leap in terms of focus. And I wanted to tell you guys, if you haven't listened to it, I recorded an episode a couple of weeks ago about productivity. Like my best advice for how you can get more done in a day than other people do all week long. Or for those of you who are trying to have a side hustle at the same time you're trying to raise a family, at the same time you're trying to have a career, how can you accomplish more in 90 minutes on Sunday morning before the kids wake up, then other people will get done all week long. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's episode 495, episode 495, and it's all about productivity. So I want to make sure you know in case you're at the stage where you're ready to try and pursue both. How do we turn the side hustle into something that's making us a little extra cash into something that's making us a lot of extra cash? Think of your current career and think of the side hustle as existing on a scale. You know that like when you go into, I don't know, like a courthouse or whatever, there's that lady justice or whatever her name is and she's holding like the scale and it would slide back and forth. You guys know what a scale is with two different spots. I want you to imagine that currently your career, the thing that pays your bills is in one side of the scale and the side hustle is in the other. And let's say you decide to try and take this to the next level. You're, you're making, you know, $2,000 a year with the side hustle, but you want to, you know what, I want to I up my game. I want to make 10 grand this year. I want to make 15 grand, whatever it is. You want to make more money doing the side hustle. Imagine this scale. Your current career is on one side and the side hustles on the other. My best example of this was when I was going from being a wedding planner, so we're fast forwarding in time, going from being a wedding planner to being a blogger. All right, so just go with me on this. I was a wedding planner. I had, I think, a staff of four. Five years have gone by. I've built up an incredible name for myself. I've built up an incredible business for myself. I do the most amazing weddings. I get paid bananas amounts of money to create these dream weddings for people. And I'm really burnt out and I'm really over it because the level required to produce events like that for the kind of bride that could afford my prices at the time, it was just like, I worked, it was, I hated it. So I was like, okay, it's time to make a change. How do I do this? I do this by imagining my annual income as if it's on one side of that scale. So for easy math, I'm going to say, imagine that your current career pays you $100,000. Imagine on one side of the scale is $100,000. And you would like to pursue the side hustle making you more money. How I thought of it is, this year, as I go into my new year, I'm going to aim for the business to make $90,000 and for my side hustle to make me $10,000. Fast forward to today, I know a lot more about like energetic and manifestation and whatever, and I would advise myself differently. I'd be like, try and make a million dollars on each side. <laughs> but back then, this really worked for me. I was like, I just wanna make the same amount of money, but I wanna be able to give energetically into my part-time gig. And how I did that was, I need the part-time gig to make $10,000. It doesn't have to be that amount of money. You could be like, I make $20,000 a year and I want you know, to make 2,000 more, whatever. 
But that is how you slowly wean yourself off of the career is that you try and make more money in the side business. Now, y'all have a salary, right? You're going to keep getting paid the amount of money you're getting paid by your business no matter what. And chances are then you're coming out way ahead because now you're currently getting your career and you're getting an extra 10K. But the intention is that energetically you've got to pour into this side business in order to get it up to the $10,000 level. And that's what I did. And I'll tell you right now, lots of people will figure out that piece and stay right there. And there is nothing wrong with that. There are lots of people who have a career and it makes them feel good and they like what they do and they like their coworkers, but they've also figured out how to have a passion project on the side that earns them extra cash or gives them money for vacation or gives them money for a new iPhone, like whatever you're into, and that's their life. They don't ever need the pursuit of their heart to fully pay their bills. And in fact, there's a lot of people who will argue for the fact that your passion will stay your passion if it's not 100% the thing that's paying for your family to live. So just know that could be the thing. I want to be able to pursue my passion and make some extra spending cash. And some of the women that I spoke to on tour, when I really dug in with them, like, well, what's the ultimate goal? Oh, it turns out that the goal wasn't to have their own business. The goal was they wanted the opportunity to do this thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, go do that thing. You go do that thing tomorrow. You could serve your community tomorrow. You could take pictures of, you know, your friend's babies tomorrow. You could do the thing that you love and have the career. Like, don't make this so hard on yourself. And understand that lots of people, they stay right there at step three. But if you're like, no, Rach, I'm going full enchilada. I want to build a business. I want to have this thing be my thing, be how I make money. You know I love and support you. You know I love an entrepreneur. I am here for this vision. Here's how I took the 10% extra, the 90%, whatever. Here's how I turned that into the full-time thing. The story for this one, we're going to go back in time to when I had a side hustle I'm still working my career. I'm starting to build up more and more. This is when you take a leap of faith. This is when you slowly take a leap of faith. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. A leap by nature is not slow. Well, that's the beauty of this particular path because I never did anything that I couldn't take back. If it hadn't worked out, if my idea to be an event planner just absolutely blew up in my face, I would have just gone and gotten another job. But the leap of faith that I took was I had slowly been building up to the place where I felt like I could really do this. And I was making more and more money. And I was like, Rach, the current salary was $38,000. All you got to make is $38,000. Do you think you could make $38,000? Could you book enough people to make that money this year? And I was like, I can do that. I gave myself an exact financial destination to see if I could make that much money. And I had a backup plan. I wasn't about to sell the family farm or whatever in order to make this happen. I was like, no, I'll know within the first quarter of this year whether or not I'm getting any money coming in, right? I'll know. And if I am not getting any money, I'll go find another job. And something beautiful happens when you jump into the deep end like that. And you're like, I got to make it work. You will freaking find a way. That is only something you should do when you have a proven track record, when you are like regularly booking clients or you're regularly booking gigs, you're regularly booking in a way where you 
understand that the only thing standing in between you and more money from this venture is the amount of time you're able to invest. That's when you make the leap of faith. When you realize that if you just were able to give this 10 more hours or 20 more hours or your full attention, that you would really see things start to explode. But in doing that, you got to make sure there's actually an audience. There's actually a customer base for the thing you're trying to do. Later on, when I was turning the wedding planning business into a lifestyle blog, which is sort of bananas, like it actually makes no sense, but it made sense in my mind because the business supported a team of people and I couldn't just jump and say, oh, I'll make my salary this year. So I did the the beginning of one year. It was like, all right, I got to make 10% of last year's revenue doing the blog. And then the next year it was like, okay, let's go bigger. I got to make 40% of last year's revenue doing the blog. And I just kept that scale tipping in the other direction until eventually I had my annual revenue coming in from the blog. And at the same time, I would take less and less event clients as I booked more and more revenue in the business I was trying to pursue. It's a leap of faith. It's a slow leap of faith after building up to the edge or it's a sliding scale that is moving in a different direction. It's you going part-time as a nurse so that you can go part-time as a real estate agent. It's you like slowly sliding things in the way that you want them to go. But ultimately, it's possible. It is possible. Is it possible to do this and have a lot more rest days? No. Is it possible to do this and have a lot more free time, take a lot more vacations? No. No. That is what it is. I keep saying this expression a lot lately, which is successful people will do things that other people won't do. And you don't have to pursue this thing. You don't have to. You don't have to work for a new business. You don't have you can stay right where you are. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's something beautiful and great and you're supporting your family. You're living a great life. That's awesome. Don't let anybody convince you that right where you are, that the exact season at the exact balance that you have currently, that there's anything wrong with that. It's freaking awesome. But if you want something different than you currently have, understand that there will be a trade-off. You cannot have the life you currently have and try and build a different life. The equipment required to build the new house is something different than built the current house. The tools required to build the new thing are different tools than you use to build the old thing. Because if the old thing was sustainable, if the old thing worked for you, you wouldn't need to build a new thing. You're gonna have to trade stuff off. And I have, I have loved my entrepreneurial career because I find it really interesting. I love the behind the scenes. I love figuring it out. I really, really dig it. And if I wasn't doing that, what would I be doing? If I wasn't reading books on personal development or how to be a better leader or how to grow a business or whatever, if I wasn't reading that, what am I scrolling Instagram? If I wasn't trying to build a business over the last 15 years, 20 years, would I have worked so hard on myself? Would I have done the work on my personal development or my mental health or my anxiety? Would I have overcome any of those things? Because overcoming them was what was required for me to up-level in the way that I wanted to? I will stand right here and tell you all day that it is worth the climb. But I am never going to be the one that tells you that the climb won't kick your ass. Because it will. And it's also a harsh truth that no one will tell you. Once you get to the top of the thing you're climbing... There's just another mountain. There's another hill. And those of us who are excited by that, we'll just like, we'll keep climbing. But you don't have to change anything. You don't have to do anything. From my perspective, from my opinion, if this is something you want, 
Don't let anybody on the internet convince you that there's a shortcut. Don't let anybody convince you that if you give them $10,000, they'll teach you how to start a million-dollar business. Don't let anybody trick you into believing that they can get you there faster. It takes what it takes. And it's going to take a lot. But it takes a lot because the place that you're going is worth the effort. Guys, I hope today's episode was helpful for you. If there was any piece in this that you found helpful, will you do me a favor? Will you do producer Jack a favor? Will you do editor Andrew a favor? All of our team here who is supported by the show, will you just share it with someone that you think would dig it to? You can text it to a friend. You can put it in your social. We would love that. But will you share the work that we're doing here on the show? Help us get the word out. We come back with At this point, the company's up to six episodes of podcasts a week, and we produce this content because we really believe in the power that not just my ideas, but the guests who come in here on the show and the things that we talk about, that those ideas have the potential to spark an idea or an insight or a creative element in someone listening, and that spark can become a flame, which can become a wildfire, which can change someone's entire life. So... However you found this episode, if you'd just take the time to share it in the same way, we would super appreciate it. I'm your host, Rachel Hollis. I will be back soon with more information. And until then, please remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.